Our lead story today is something we reported on uh, yesterday, but this thing is just getting worse and worse and worse, and that is the purge in America. If you do not agree or speak out against the far left. So we told you yesterday from 1936 to 1938 in the Soviet Union, the dictator Joseph Stalin developed a strategy called enemy of the people. And if you were put into that category, enemy of the people, Stalin could have you murdered or could put you in a gulag, could do whatever he wanted. Three million people got designated as enemies. Three million people either disappeared or were killed. Now, we're not going to kill anybody in America as far as purges are concerned, but certainly this is happening in a very troubling way. And I'm going to run down six examples that just happened in the past 24 hours. And this is part of the purge that the far left now sees it has media approval. And here we go. HBO pulls Gone with the Wind. The movie Gone with the Wind, winner of eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, done on HBO. Quote, Gone with the Wind is a product of its time and depicts some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that have unfortunately been commonplace in American society. These racist depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. And we felt that to keep this title up without an explanation and a denouncement of those depictions would be irresponsible, unfortunately. So this, of course, is virtue signaling uh, by HBO. So we can take now anything in our culture, movies, books, and burn them if they don't conform to today's sensibilities. So who did that? Well, I think the Nazis did that. All right. Burn the books, crystal knock, all of that. Stalin did it, too. Okay. so gone with the wind. You're gone. See you. Thanks, HBO. Cops. Paramount has canceled the series, not for bad ratings, but because it's about cops. Gone. All right. University of Chicago. Here is an uh, economics professor, Harold Ulick, German guy. Been there for a long time. Okay. I guess he is tenure. He's been at the University of Chicago since 2007. Everybody says he's a brilliant guy. I don't know him. Anyway, he, uh, he had the temerity to say, quote, too bad, but Black Lives Matter, per its core organization, just torpedoed itself with its full-fledged support of defund the police. That's it. That's all he said, this professor. That, and it's absolutely true, the backlash uh, against the hate police movement led by the organization Black Lives Matter, it's going to be ferocious. We haven't seen it yet. It's coming. So the professor was correct. So a bunch of other professors led by a despicable guy out of the University of Michigan named Justin Walfers and backed up by Paul Krugman, there's Walters, and backed up by Paul Krugman of the New York Times. He was one of the worst human beings I have ever met. I destroyed him on CNBC. God, it had to be in the early uh, part of the century, but I, what a awful. So anyway, they want to hang this professor, and he, the professor apologized, trying to save his job. Just like Brit, 
Drew Brees. I feel bad for both him and Mr. Brees. Christopher Columbus statues, one in Richmond, Virginia, hauled down, the other in Boston, beheaded. All right. So we'll burn the books. We'll get the movies out of there. Now we'll get the statues down. Okay. Now, a little bit about Christopher Columbus. I don't know much about the man because nobody does. There were no reporters on the voyages. There was no basic primary source material. A far-left zealot named Howard Zinn ascribed all kinds of atrocities to Christopher Columbus. But there's no backup for it. Maybe it happened. I don't know. The only primary source material is in a Vatican museum, a letter from Christopher Columbus about his voyages to the New World. I read it. It's benign. It's even complimentary to the natives that he encountered. Now, subsequently, the native tribes in the Caribbean got brutalized by the Spanish explorers. There's no doubt about that. But Chris himself, I don't know what he did because nobody does. Anyway, his statue's been beheaded in Boston and torn down in Virginia. The communist mayor of New York City, de Blasio, has now ordered that five streets, one in each borough of New York City, be painted with the Black Lives Matter slogan. Okay? Michigan State student government has endorsed, where do you hear this? Has endorsed looting, the disintegration of capitalism, and an article that says you can't be biased against white people. You can't. No matter what you do to them, it's not biased. This is unbelievable. So the Michigan State student government endorses all of these things. If I had a kid at Michigan State, out of there. Gone. And you uh, parents and grandparents are thinking, be very, very careful where you send your children to school. Finally, on PBS, there is a documentary about the Black Panthers. Oh, presto. I guess they heard me say the Black Panthers, Black Panther Party, famous Black Lives Matter operation. No difference. None. We backed it up all day long. It is true. And on PBS, trotting it out. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'll report back tomorrow. So you see the purge. You, you put out a tweet, you say anything in the office, and don't, please. At your workplace, don't say a word. Please. I don't want you to get into trouble or lose your job or any of that. It isn't worth it. And I wouldn't tweet. I, I tweet because I'm a journalist and I'm getting stuff out. But if you're going to tweet and somebody doesn't like it, they're going to try to hurt you. So the purge is underway. And who is fighting against the purge? Who? See any politicians stand up against the And I'm talking both parties. Who? Your governor fighting against the purge? As long as these people, led by the organization Black Lives Matter, have a free fire zone, they're going to take down as many as they can. Forget about the entertainment industry. The media likes it. CNN endorses all this. And AT&T own CNN. They like it. This is good. We'll purify this country. 
get those races. We'll find them. Gone with the wind? Hey. I, what books? I can't wait to see what books get pulled out and not sold. You can't read them. Coming. Los Angeles is uh, pretty much ground zero for all this stuff. And uh, the police department out there totally demoralized. The mayor is going to pull a lot of the money out of the police department. It's already undermanned in L.A., already undermanned. So now a bloody pig's head, let's see it, was uh, propped up against uh, a police station wall. Isn't that nice? See that? That's really nice, right? Homicides in L.A. up 250 percent a week. 250. You think American police officers are going to respond to calls the way they did three weeks ago? You're crazy. They know they have no backup, nobody protecting them. 250. In Brooklyn, New York last night, in the NYPD in the same spot, same spot. One mistake, you're done. You're done. Not just fired, you could be arrested. One mistake. Seven people shot and wounded in 10 minutes in Brooklyn. (laughs) Monday night. Seven people shot and wounded. Separate incidents. Not all once. No arrests have been made. Okay? I'm sure you're all getting it. I'm sure you're all understanding how bad this country is right now. The good news is, I don't think it's going to stay this way. Because I've seen it too much. We reach a low point, and then there's a backlash. All right, in politics, Joe Biden and I have a column that, uh, where there's a will. I hope you read it. Tell you exactly what happens if Joe Biden is elected president. Exactly. The main problem with the former vice president is he's not going to stand up against Black Lives Matter or the other extremist groups. He will not do it. Won't stand up against Pelosi or Schumer or any of that. Defund the police. Joe doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And I believe that. I think that goes against whatever core beliefs he has left. He doesn't have many left. But that, I don't think Joe likes it. And the polls show that 80% of Americans don't like it. But anyway, Biden, in the middle of all of this racial tension, spends $1,600,000 on political ads. Go. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. I'll seek to heal the racial wounds that have long plagued our country, not use them for political gain. I'll do my job and I will take responsibility. I won't blame others. I promise you, this job is not about me. It's about you. You see uh, Biden on the knee? Okay. So he's exploiting the situation for political reasons, Joe Biden is. There's no doubt about it. Does that offend me? The Republicans are going to exploit the situation too. Bad behavior justifies other bad behavior? No. But I'm not all that concerned about Biden's exploitation, but that's what he's doing. What I am very interested in is his record. And we're going to have a little bit more on that tomorrow. 
But as everyone knows, he was in office with Barack Obama for eight years. All right. So let's factually, not emotionally, not with any agenda. I wrote the column so you would know and you can send it to people who might vote for Joe Biden. And they're not going to be able to say when you read my column, oh, this wouldn't happen. It will. We back it up. Okay. There were four major racial incidents in Barack Obama's two terms. All right. The first one was Trayvon Martin. This happened on February 26, 2012, Sanford, Florida. He was shot uh, while walking around a neighborhood by George Zimmerman. And this is a very upsetting situation. Polarized the country. Um, and President Obama weighed in. Said that Trayvon Martin could have been his son. All right. Zimmerman, 28. Trayvon, 17. Then there was a Michael Brown Ferguson, Missouri incident where the uh, um, 18-year-old Brown uh, reached into a police car causing a 28-year-old white police officer, Darren Wilson, to shoot him dead. Um, That ignited riots and protests all over the place. Eric Gardner, New York City, cops got him for uh, selling illegal cigarettes. He resisted. Cops threw him to the street, and he died in a chokehold. The police were not prosecuted. Grand jury, the, the DA of Manhattan wanted to prosecute them. Grand jury would indict. Very unusual. The lead officer in that case was fired. Pantaleo. Finally, Freddie Gray, dope dealer in uh, Baltimore, taken into custody at all kinds of uh, pre-existing conditions, as is common for a heroin addict. He had a knife. Cops threw him in a van, um, put handcuffs on him, and he died. Fell into a coma, and he died. All right? The cops were all tried for murder. They were acquitted. And the U.S. government declined to bring civil rights charges. All right. Now, Barack Obama, I thought, handled himself pretty well in those cases. A lot of uh, people disagree. They didn't like him. Uh, saying that about Trayvon Martin, I had no problem with that. Here is the most important thing, in my opinion, that President Obama said, and it happened after the Freddie Gray Baltimore situation. Go. My thoughts are with the police officers who were injured uh, in last night's disturbances. Uh, It underscores that that's a tough job. And we have to keep that in mind. Uh, And my hope is that that they can uh, heal and get back to work uh, as soon as possible. Point number three, there's no excuse for the kind of violence that we saw yesterday. Um, It is counterproductive. Uh, When individuals get crowbars and start prying open doors to loot, They're not protesting. They're not making a statement. They're stealing. When they burn down a building, they're committing arson. And they're destroying and undermining uh, businesses 
and opportunities in their own communities uh, that rob jobs and opportunity from uh, people in that area. So uh, it is entirely appropriate that uh, the mayor of Baltimore, who I spoke to yesterday, and the governor, who I spoke to yesterday, uh, work to stop that kind of senseless uh, violence and destruction. That is not a protest. I thought that was an excellent, excellent statement. Now, today, could President Obama say that? I don't believe he could. Because the Democratic Party, his party, been hijacked by far left. Militant people who want to overthrow this government, want to banish capitalism, all right, want to impose an insane kind of criminal justice system where criminals are not punished because they're victims. The criminals are victims because of slavery and other inequities throughout our history. So everybody asks, what did Joe Biden and Barack Obama do in their eight years to improve the situation of African-Americans? Legitimate question, wouldn't you say? Now, I followed that administration as closely as anybody, and I interviewed um, President Obama three times, and I hope you Google those interviews. They were the toughest interviews he's ever done. Joe Biden was afraid to sit with me. He admitted it to me. He, he just wasn't going to do it. Um, but I know what the Obama-Biden administration did, and they tried to improve the situations of blacks. They did. They tried. And they failed. The reason they failed was it was all about money, not about discipline and fairness. That's what it has to be about. So go back uh, from last week's column about education. That's the only way that income inequality will be solved. Not by giving people stuff. But Barack Obama and Joe Biden, they, they wanted to give people stuff in the hopes they would be elevated, and it did not work. In fact, it hurt many Americans. So in the eight years the tour in office, means-tested entitlements, that's food stamps and housing and Medicaid, everything to personally improve your fortunes, rose 60%, up to $710 billion a year. 60% rise in eight years on means titled um, means entitlement, okay? Food stamp. When Barack Obama took office, 13 million homes were receiving food stamps. When he left, 40 million. Because he made it easier for Americans to get food stamps, okay? Federal anti-poverty spending. All right. That is everything. Up 56 percent. You tie that into the 60. It's the same thing, but there are a few subtle differences. In addition to the massive amount of tax money that flowed into the African-American precincts, primarily uh, Hispanics, poor whites, they did food stamps, too, but it was primarily African-Americans benefiting. So 20 million under Obamacare, 
got free health care. Most of those are black. So you can see this is what the Obama administration, that was their strategy. Now, one other thing, my brother's keeper, and this was the biggest tragedy of all. That is a mentoring program where you take very successful people and you match them with younger teenagers and they mentor them all the way on through. My Brother's Keeper. Fantastic program. If we could get that up on a national level, and I tried, I'll tell you about it someday, but I, don't, I want to be careful about what I do here when I tell you about it. So I'm still thinking about it. But I tried to get this into the forefront of every American home. My Brother's Keeper program is a key. If you can get all the successful people and mentor them up with kids, you can really make a difference. Obama tried. And he got it done maybe 10% of what I think he could have done. If I ask Joe Biden tomorrow about Brothers Keeper, I don't think the vice president even know what it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll never get the chance because he'll never sit for me. So summing up, the Obama administration tried to help African-Americans and other minorities and poor people in this country. They did. They failed. And in the process, they hurt the American economy, which, of course, hurt minorities. Trump came in. Trump revamped it economy exploded. Lowest unemployment for blacks and minorities in history until the coronavirus hit. On a personal level, on a social front, there wasn't any improvement between black and white relations in this country in the eight years of our first black president. That's not his fault. It's not his fault. He tried. He didn't take the right path. He should have revamped the entire public school system. I'll just give you one. Every kid in this country should be in a school uniform every day they're in class. You send a signal. This is school. It's not the hood. You're going to have a discipline. Is that hard? No. The kid can't afford a uniform. The state will buy it revamp the public school system from pre-K to senior in high school. The kids are not learning. Look at Baltimore. Look at New York City, highest per capita student spending rate in the world, in New York. And most of the kids can't do math or write a sentence. You want more money, Andrew Cuomo, for what? So you can throw it away like you did all the other money? But you'll never hear the Democrat politicians go up against the teachers' unions, ever. You'll never hear them say, yeah, we got to have discipline in the schools so the kids learn. And the disruptive kids, they go to other schools where they can be therapeutically treated. Oh, the parents, the parents, they don't have parents, many of them, many of the poor children. 
They had responsible parents. They know how to read by the time they were in six, by the time they were six years old. I can't tell you how many homes I've been in in 45 years of reporting. Or I walk into a house, there's not one book in the house. Not a book, not one. It's just unbelievable. You're not going to be able to do it with parents. You're not going to be able to do it telling the African-Americans, hey, 75% of out-of-birth, out-of-wedlock births, that's not a good thing. They're going to look at you like, hey, it's none of your business. Because that's exactly what's happening. You're not going to be able to force anybody to do anything. But you can clean up those schools. And Barack Obama should have. Now, he took advantage of the school system. He didn't have a father. His father split. He was raised by grandparents in Hawaii. But he worked his way up. He knows. He knows how hard it is, but it can be done. But he didn't do it. And therefore, white Americans who don't live in this world and don't have a shared experience, as I explained yesterday, they don't understand why this cycle of crime and poverty continues, many of them. And it doesn't have anything to do with money. It has to do with learning and values and hard work. This is a capitalist society. I know the loons want to tear that to pieces. We're seeing it right now. But as long as we're a capitalist society where you compete, you got to know something or fix something or have a skill. Now, tomorrow I'm going to get a little bit deeper into Biden himself. I wanted to give you Obama because Biden was along for that ride. But again, it is very important. If you care about your country, you to read my column, okay, where there's a will. And send that column out to others. Coronavirus. Moderna, the pharmaceutical company, says in July they're going to start final testing on a vaccine. I told you I do believe we will have that vaccine by fall. Could be wrong. Obviously, I'm speculating, but I believe it. Georgia flat. So Georgia, which opened up everything, doing well. Texas, no. Texas uh, yesterday, almost 2,000 new cases. I don't know what the problem is there, but there's a problem. Okay, so we uh, talked about political ramifications of this. Um, One of them is that three very well-respected military people have turned on Donald Trump. Uh, Colin Powell, James Mattis, former Secretary of Defense, and uh, John Kelly, former Chief of Staff. All three have turned on Donald Trump. Here's General Powell. I'm very close to Joe Biden on a social matter and on a political matter. I've worked with him for 35, 40 years, and he is now the candidate, and I will be voting for him. All right, but Powell did not vote for Trump last time around. Powell doesn't like Trump. And Mattis and Kelly despise Donald Trump. It's all personal with these guys. And they may have good reasons to despise him. They might. I don't know. 
I don't know. I wasn't there, but I know it's all personal because these guys are saying, well, Trump threatens to bring in a military and that's unconstitutional. Number one, that's not true. And they know it. All three generals know it's not true. Donald Trump could bring in the military if he thinks they are necessary. And it was done in 1967 in Detroit. President Johnson brought in the 82nd and 101 Airborne Divisions to quell the riots there. It was done in 1968 after the assassination of Martin Luther King. Again, LBJ brought in the U.S. military to protect the Capitol, Washington, D.C. And it was done by Bush the Elder after the Rodney King riots in L.A. He brought in the military. So what Donald Trump initially said was, if the governors and mayors cannot protect the people in their states and cities, then I will. And I'll bring in the military to do it. That seems to be pretty logical to me. If the governor and mayor can't or won't protect you, living wherever you are, the president is the last line. As Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. Everybody knows that he has the power to do it. He didn't do it. But if, say, the Lincoln Memorial were being dismantled in D.C. and the mayor, who's an ardent leftist and hates Trump, ordered her people not to stop it, yeah, Trump's going to bring in the military to stop it. Not going to allow it. So again, this is not what it seems to be. Mattis and Kelly and Powell despise Donald Trump. They think he's bad for the country. That's fine with me. That's their opinion. They've served the country honorably. All three men have. But don't tell me it's based on a bogus thing that he's not allowed to use the military. That's not true. Be straight up, General Mattis. Say, I don't like him. I work with him and I don't like him. And here's why. Don't give me this bogus Constitution stuff. Washington Post, a hate Trump outfit, um, took a very benign statement by the president and lied about it. First, the president's statement. Go. Equal justice under the law must mean that every American receives equal treatment in every encounter with law enforcement, regardless of race, color, gender, or creed. They have to receive fair treatment from Law enforcement, they have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying this is a great thing that's happening for our country. The drive toward equal justice is what the president was referring to. Okay? Obviously. That's why he invoked George Floyd's name. The Washington Post reported that Trump was saying George Floyd would have liked the resurgence in the economy. That is a lie. That's what was in the newspaper and got out to cable news everywhere. You may have heard it. Then the Washington Post was confronted with the lie and had to issue this retraction. Quote, a previous version of this story incorrectly said that the president called the jobs report a great day for George Floyd the black man killed by white police in Minneapolis. In fact, 
The president was referring to growing calls for equal justice under the law, unquote. Okay. Now, Washington Post doesn't make mistakes like that. The reporter involved is Jeff Stein, who hates Trump. What is Stein doing on the economic beat if he hates Trump? That's the problem. <sighs> I, I, I just can't tell you the corruption that we're all witnessing in this country. There's a journalist named Andrew Sullivan, and he really encapsulated it in a tweet. Quote, the truth is a critical mass of mainstream journalists do not want to reflect or report on anything that they might disagree with. They see opposing views as violence and the attempt at objectivity a cover for white supremacy. They are a disgrace. That's exactly what's happening. If you dissent, they'll tear you to pieces like they did with Drew Brees. This day in history. Okay, this is really interesting. 57 years ago, John F. Kennedy addressed the nation about race. Go. The heart of the question is whether all Americans are to be afforded equal rights and equal opportunities. Whether we are going to treat our fellow Americans as we want to be treated. If an American, because his skin is dark, cannot eat lunch in a restaurant open to the public, if he cannot send his children to the best public school available, if he cannot vote for the public officials who represent him, if in short he cannot enjoy the full and free life which all of us want, then who among us would be content to have the color of his skin changed and stand in his place? Who among us would then be content with the counsels of patience and delay all right, so since uh, JFK gave that address 57 years ago today, things have, on paper anyway, improved for African-Americans a lot. And Lyndon Johnson uh, did a lot to make that happen. He booted it with the Vietnam War, but Johnson, civil rights legislation was strong. Now, again, you're never going to change everybody's heart. There will always be bigotry, always. But Kennedy started it. And the reason he chose today, June 11th, to do it was because hours before he gave that nationwide address, the despicable George Wallace, the former governor of Alabama, who was uh, paralyzed by an assassin's bullet, stood in front of the doorway after the federal order to integrate the schools in Alabama at the University of Alabama. All right. Governor Wallace said, no, we're not going to let blacks into the University of Alabama. Inconceivable, of course, today. So I wanted to bring that to your attention. It all happened 57 years ago. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with some really good mail. And we are going to then do a final thought on anger. Are you angry? I, I bet you are a little bit angry. I want to address that. Okay. Concierge member Wayne. Way to go, Wayne. Concierge members are are elite BillOReilly.com. Time for all good citizens of Minneapolis to find a new home. It's a sad day in history. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, you and I are simpatico on that. If I were a Minneapolis resident, I'm gone. But I would move out of the area. It's a nice area. I just go to a suburb where the city is under control. James, another concierge member. Thank you, James. Minority Affairs Cabinet member would be an excellent move. Um, but it has to be done soon. I agree. President Trump should have already done it. 
but he hasn't, and I don't know why. John Manna, Palm Harbor, Florida. I agree that Donald Trump should enlist the services of someone to head a minority relations office in his cabinet. My nominee would be Shelby Steele. Brilliant man. Um, I think he's a doctor. Dr. Steele is out at the Sanford Institute in California. Good choice. Um, I remain uh, convinced that Andrew Young, with his prestige in the African-American community, would be the best choice. Brian? Bill, I'm angry about the entire Drew Brees situation. He was forced to apologize. Seems the world of Twitter uh, that many people are angry about the apology as well. You got to let uh, Drew Brees do what he thinks is right, as I explained. Lisa, details of George Floyd's life do not matter. Bringing them up will not help anything. Way he died mattered. That's the problem. I agree 100%. What uh, Mr. Floyd did in the past does not matter in this case. Nick Benson, Wilmington, North Carolina, I was reading an article about a Senate hearing and encountered the phrase, the committee voted along party lines. I've seen that so many times before. Our Senate is so clueless that they only vote along party lines. If you are an elected official in the House or the Senate and you go against your party, you're going to suffer financially. Keep that in mind. Kurt Perlberg, Williamstown, Kentucky. When will fans be allowed to return to sporting events? I think football will have fans. Up until football, I'm not sure. I think August 1st is if the COVID doesn't reappear, if it continues to diminish, that might be the line of demarcation. Brad Rudelwacki, Greenwich, Connecticut. Your advice to president on dealing with the current race crisis is spot on, Bill. However, I wonder if the advice would be better received privately. Well, he'd have to call me. And the president, I haven't spoken to him in a while. I, I'm not going to call the president of the United States and tell him stuff. He'd have to seek me out. I'd give him the advance privately, but publicly, it's just as good. I think. Mike Musser, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Is there an organization you would recommend that helps underprivileged kids? Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America. I was a big brother. Excellent organization. Marcos Evelyn, Western Florida, excellent format. Love the way you pick and explain what is important in the news. What is important to you? What is important to you, Marcos? That's what we do here. All right? That is exactly what we do here. And uh, Tony, congratulations on a new format, and thank you for informative and factual reporting. Welcome, Tony. We do, I think, the best job. Spread the word. Spread the word. All right. Father's Day coming up. Dad, 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 dad. If you give him a premium membership on BillOReilly.com, you get a free book. Dad is happy. Real happy. Give him a lifetime membership. You get all eight killing books plus killing Crazy Horse out in September. Phenomenal Father's Day gift. Don't forget about granddad. All right. Coming up fast, Father's Day. Word of the day, don't be imperious when writing to BillOReilly.com. If you want to get in touch with me, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Quick break, final word in a moment. Okay, my final thought of the day deals with anger. I found myself getting pretty angry last night when I was going over researching uh, this program for today because I know the dishonesty of the media and, and you know, I don't see it as liberals doing this, liberals doing that. 
There are people I don't respect on the left, but there are people I don't respect on the right. People who exploit and have points of view for money, and I know who they are. You may or may not know who they are. I'm not going to name names. Nobody can look into anybody's heart. But what I think this is all about is media corruption. So the media is not telling you about Black Lives Matter, and they're not telling you about Antifa. They're not telling you about any of this because they like it. They want the whole thing to be disrupted. But here is the bottom line on all of these protests. They're happening because Donald Trump was elected president. And once that happened, the radical left said, we don't want any more freedom. We don't want any more debate. We don't want any more any of that. We're going to wipe it all out, just like Joe Stalin did. We're going to wipe it out. And anybody who goes up against us, we're going to destroy their life. Because if we have open dialogue and freedom of expression, Donald Trump, he can get reelected. But we don't want any of that. That's what's going on. And the, the poor George, George Floyd and his family, they're using them to do this. You guys have a great weekend. I'm checking into BillOReilly.com on a regular basis. Please, I hope you do too. And we'll talk to you again soon.